morning. <clears throat> this is um, a northerner in the south, and I'm Ruth Whitstein, and yes, I'm speaking in a very quiet tone this morning. My little one is asleep. Little one, she's nine. Uh, I am here in my trailer this morning. We've got rain going on outside, so I'm just, I haven't gotten over to the cabin yet, and uh, had some fitful sleep, having lots of nightmares. Um, this is Corona Ramblings. Uh, this is episode four. I haven't done one in quite a few days because just, you know, dealing with all this business, um, it's really not been easy, you know. Um, I am stuck out here in the, in the south, rural America. My husband is the one working. As I mentioned earlier, um, you know, even though he is... 62 years old you know he is he's the one who's out in the world working I'm home um, and trying to keep myself out of harm's way too because I have lupus so but that doesn't make me feel any better as far as being helpful around this house I suppose speak, or, or helpful in the money making end of things because you know I can't get out there my immune system is fragile um, my husband even though at the age of 62 is stronger than me and I'm 54 and we don't want to leave our little munchkin parentless so even though we we have plans made you know that if something happens to us she will go to her her big sissy who's 30 one years old and you know has uh, a daughter and a son um, my little munchkins niece and nephew um, we've made those plans because of you know you just never know and but anyways yeah I haven't really been doing a whole lot um, the last few days. I mean, I've been doing work around the house a little bit. I've been doing my chores. I've been taking care of all the things I need to take care of, but I will be truthful here. It's been not an easy go of it because my mind. You know, this whole thing. And now, I, you know, I have, have I've been trying so very hard to not watch the news because I have been very depressed by how um, how our president's handling things, you know, and I'm trying to I'm trying to wrap my mind around what he's thinking. It's really hard to do that because I don't understand what he's thinking. There for a little bit. When I was talking to you earlier, last couple episodes, I think, last episode really, he was seeming to stick to the facts and being pretty decent. I was giving him not really a pass, but, you know, uh, okay, you know, have no choice, we have to deal with this. And then I remember I said how when he gets to the question and answering of his briefings, right, that he would, that's when everything would fall apart. Well, the last couple of briefings I watched or tried to watch, he has fallen apart right at the very beginning, and so I don't I haven't watched them 
for that reason, yesterday I didn't watch it. I couldn't. Couldn't deal. I started to, but it just, I turned it because it began with the blame game. And now that he's got his son-in-law in charge of the supply business, you know, to for the pandemic, I, you know, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't deal with him. He is, um, he's arrogant like his, his, uh, his dad. Very arrogant. Very arrogant. And has no problems telling the United States that all the different people, you know, the different groups that, uh, you know, for us to ask for things is ridiculous, basically. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. He said that the one thing that he said, and then they changed the laws, they changed the ruling or whatever to meet his lie. He said that this, the federal stockpile was not for the states, even in emergencies. It was for the federal government. It was for them, not for us. The original ruling or, you know, I, I don't know if you want to call it a law, but the original idea was that it is for the states for an emergency, right? For all of... because. I don't know if he understands this. I'm being a little sarcastic here, but I don't know if he or Trump understands that the 50 states make up the United States, right? It's not just the White House and his people there that are the whole thing. It's the United States, united, you know, united, we're all together in this, states. And so, extremely confusing here very upsetting here, listening to the rhetoric coming out of the son-in-law, his name is Jared Kushner, and and uh, the president. They've changed their numbers, you know. They've decided they've got their own projections and that we don't really need all the things that we're asking for. Ventilators, PPE, masks, and what have you. They're questioning our motives. Oh my heavens. So see, I can't watch it. And and they changed the law, the rulings, the 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 wording or whatever to to fit their bullshit. I'm just going to say it like that. Yeah. They've changed it. So now it says that the federal stockpile is just for the federal government now. Can you believe that? Yeah. Our backup. Our emergency is gone. Because, and, and unless you kiss the ring, basically, is how he's, he's behaving. Unless you kiss Donald Trump's ring, his king ring, you know, his kingly ring on his finger, whatever, how he puts it. You know, unless you be nice to me, you just don't get things. Still maintaining that. You know, he wants everyone to kiss him. Kiss his rings, kiss his, I, I don't know. The thing is, I would be willing to be nice Honestly, if he'd handled things in a, in a more presidential manner, in a professional presidential manner with, with the air of, of urgency that he should have from the get-go, he didn't. He ignored all these things. I've said this repeatedly in past podcasts, how he ignored it from the beginning of this outbreak. He ignored it, and then he blamed Obama, and 
tried to say that Obama had no, there was nothing on the shelves. Okay, so the stockpile was depleted. He was supposed to get that put back together again, and he never did. I'm speaking of Trump, I'm not speaking of Obama, because when Obama went out of office, you know, that was the end of his job. What Obama did do is put together a playbook and a plan on how to get all that put back together and how to keep the team together and how to keep moving forward to look out for pandemics. And Trump literally dumped everything in the garbage. And I'm seeing right now, I'm not listening to it, but I'm looking at the headlines. Heated disagreement in the White House over unapproved drug. I'm guessing that's that hydrochloroquine that they're talking about. Um, that Trump touts as a game changer. And um, it's a malarial drug, anti-malarial drug. And the problem is, when he said that, all these, uh, all the stockpile of hydrochloroquine, I can't even say the word, it's a drug that lupus people use. I don't particularly use it because I've gone all natural. And I've had to because a lot of these medications give me grief. Now, <clears throat> I had thought that I had used that one. I had not. I had used the methotrexate, um, the cancer drug. I hadn't been put on that <clears throat> malarial, anti-malarial drug for my lupus. So no. But here's the deal. If I needed it, I wasn't gonna, I'm not going to be able to get it. Because you see, since Trump made these unproven claims, and I'm saying unproven because there's no science yet to back this, that this works. Not enough studies, okay? And I find out that my very favorite Dr. Oz I used to love was whispering in his ear about this. And I, you know, now I'm a little agitated with him. I don't know what to think, guys. I'm over the top agitated with all of this crap. But I have a lot of friends in the lupus groups. Okay, I'm not going to mention their names to protect their innocence, as it were. They take this anti-malarial drug. And like I said in earlier podcasts, when this claim came from the White House, okay, by Donald Trump, that drug was suddenly unable to get for all of my peeps. They were told that they could no longer have it, and it was an immediate abrupt cutoff. It wasn't this gradual cutoff. It was an immediate abrupt cutoff. So some of these peeps of mine are going through withdrawals right now because they can't get their meds with no alternative to back it up, no alternative to just a little note saying thank you for your sacrifice. See, because they've taken all the drugs to use them globally, or, or at least not worldly, um, excuse me, uh, nationally in our country to put people into clinical trials. Um, and, and, you know... <laughs> They are not even doing the clinical trials properly. They're just giving it to people who have the coronavirus while they're sick in the hospital. And there's really, there's not a whole lot of positive evidence from it, I guess, from what I'm, you know, I'm watching on the news. So this is very disturbing. So we've got a whole group of people with lupus that can't get their meds. Lupus and arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, and autoimmune disorders. They can't get their meds, folks. And then, and it's just, it's, it's upsetting because, um, he holds no care. There's no apology. You watch the news. They keep discussing this drug all the time, and then they briefly touch on how the people with lupus, who are the largest group to use it, I guess, suddenly can't get their meds. They just briefly touch on it, and then, you know, they just gloss over it, and that's that. 
They don't ever say, hey, you know, we're sorry. There's no sorry. There's no, well, the lupus people are going to be taking it. Nobody ever says anything about us. It's very frustrating. You don't understand until you have this this disease what how devastating it can be. It's a death sentence in itself, folks. Your body's literally trying to kill itself. And if you have a bad flare, they call them flare-ups. It's when your body just goes through a rough time, you know, and anything can bring on a flare. Stress, oh gee, what are we in the midst of? A pandemic. And we can't get our meds. Now, fortunately, like I said, mine are all natural. And I don't have health care. You know, I have no health insurance. So, you know, right now for me, I'm staying put out here in the boonies, you know, in the sticks, uh, trying to stay safe, trying to stay away from people so I don't get sick, trying to do my best to meditate away my stress and anxiety, you know. I take my valerian root, my chamomile tea, and all of those things to calm myself. And this podcast is therapeutic because it is an outlet for me. Now, I was, you know, like I had said before, ranting and carrying on on Facebook to the point that it was embarrassing myself. So I, I was upsetting family members, you know. Uh, and finally, I just discontinued Facebook. Um, that was a good thing, but I needed some place to ventilate. Now, you know, this is not obviously a podcast for your Trump supporter because I, I'm just not pleased with what how he's handling things, folks. I didn't, A, I didn't vote for the man. I did not. I didn't think he was qualified. He isn't qualified. There is nothing about his history, his experiences that, leads me to think that he is presidential material at all. If anything, quite the opposite. And, um, you know, just his criminal uh, history, and I say criminal because he, even though he got away with all those things that he supposedly did, his behavior towards women, um, you know, you just name it. It goes on and on and on and on. He just isn't the guy. And he has no degrees in, in law. He has no understanding of the law. He has no understanding of the United States Constitution. I mean, here's a man that touts this, I have Clause 2 that lets me do whatever I want. Or Article 2. It's Article 2. I have Article 2 that tells me I can do whatever I want. Oh, boy. Yeah. Doesn't really say that. It's frustrating, you know. And then you have a bunch of people in the world that don't understand the Constitution either. They don't know what it is. They don't look at it. They trust him. They're, oh, he's a personality. He's a celebrity. He was on The Apprentice. He can run the country. You not believe how many people think that that show alone gave him the, they think that that gave him the experience he needed to run the United States. I just, I watched a few little bits and pieces of that show and was just appalled at how he was. He was a terrible individual in that show. I don't find him to be worthy of presidential status at all. That's me, though. And there's a lot of folks out there that feel that way. It's not just me. So, frustrations. Last few days have been fraught with frustrations. And I had to take a break from the... I had to take a break from the news and everything else. And now I have it on, but it says here, oh, nation braces... As cases rise, Sur Surgeon General warns of 9-11 moment. Well, yeah, because it's 
it's mushrooming and it's mushrooming because we have um, a really bad problem and it's not the virus itself necessarily it's the how we're handling it see the virus is bad but the way we're handling it's worse you've got a president that ignored it for months Stays, cases started stacking he didn't want to he didn't want to issue shelter in place. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to do any of those things. He wanted to open everything up by this weekend, say, by Easter, pack those churches. Yeah. Okay. So here's a guy who ignored what was happening. And uh, he, was, he was notified repeatedly. He was notified two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Gates tried to give, get his attention on the the possibilities and the worries and you know but when you tell this man this looks like this is what I see what I see is an outside person watching looking in. I see that as people tell him of things if he doesn't like it he fires them he uses his apprentice approach that show that he was on you're fired if he doesn't like what he hears whether it's true or just a warning you know didn't like it, he fires. He's been, right now, in the midst of all this, firing people right and left. I can't even begin to tell you who he's fired right now. But people that have done their job well, who've done the proper thing, who followed the channels that were laid down in the playbooks, you know, he is firing these people. Pivotal people that could help us. You know, I mentioned earlier how Two months before the first Wuhan case, he fired a whole team of people over in China. It was called the Predict Team. All gone. Fired them. Didn't need them. Okay, two months later, here comes this first case. And then it's mushrooms. The pandemic team here in the U.S. dismantled the minute he got in office. Didn't need that. We don't need that. It's just unnecessary. And now there's like, I don't know how many people. We're rising to 10,000 deaths in the U.S. now. I don't know how many cases. Let's see. We have 337,971 cases of coronavirus now in the United States. 9,654 reported deaths. So this is disturbing. And this is because, I believe, completely because he refused to listen to the warnings. He wants to blame China. Pence wants to blame China for their, not, their, their lack of transparency and telling people, please don't go there. Because you had all the people there, you fired people, you got rid of people. It's on them. It's on Trump. His decisions did this to the country. And I don't care what anyone says. You know, he can argue with me his own self. Stand there and, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, well, you know, all you have to do is just go back and look at the history. I don't really understand how he thinks that he could stand up at a on his little pulpit, as it were, and tell the American people that the reporting of these facts is fake news. See, this is fake news. You're making this up. No, it's actually the real deal. It's the truth. And, and then, of course, there's his words. You know, he'll, he will totally deny he said something, but yet the whole of the nation saw it on on the television coming right out of his mouth these things that he says what he said when he denies the things that he said 
he is gaslighting. Don Lemon said that. I like Don Lemon. He's a great anchor on CNN. I like Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, Anderson Cooper. This is my show, folks. Brooke Baldwin. Love all these people. They're great. And they tell the truth. Andrew Costa, I guess. I like him, too. They tell the truth. Trump doesn't like this because it's exposing his lies. And so what does he do? He calls us fake news. He calls us. I'm not... I'm, including myself in that I'm not a CNN anchor, but he is he's calling CNN fake news. And it's not. CNN is not fake news. It is telling the truth. And they don't sensationalize. They tell the truth. Okay? You know, they got experts on there, Dr. Sanjay. They, they even interviewed Andy Fauci. They've got people that have credible backgrounds. I mean, should Andrew Cuomo's lawyer, for crying out loud. Not Andrew, Chris. Andrew might be too. Andrew probably is a lawyer because he's the governor of New York. But I'm just saying, Chris Cuomo is a lawyer, you know. And I don't know about Don Lemon, but I just know that these guys know their stuff. And Don Lemon said, what in this was probably a month ago, he said that, you know, people need to realize that he is gaslighting us. The president is gaslighting the United States and, and downplaying all of this and trying so hard to make things. And then, you know, there for a while, the president went through sobering, sobering honesty train. It lasted maybe a few days, guys. It didn't even last that long. And then he got Jared Kushner involved, and then Jared Kushner started whispering lies into his ears about, well, my numbers say that the states don't need these ventilators. My numbers say that these people are being greedy, that you guys are just asking for too much, and blah, blah, blah. And so then Trump was like, yep, that's right, okay. And then he's back to his old, shitty, awful, cruel, blaming self. I don't think we should be congratulating a president or anyone that continues to deflect all of responsibility or accountability onto other people and continues to blame other people for all of their shortcomings, their, their mistakes. See, this is just narcissism on steroids here, folks, and it's very uncomfortable to watch. And the problem with it is it'd be okay if it was on The Apprentice. I don't care. See? See, I don't care if he's just a TV personality, but he's the president. He's running the country here. So... In running the country, you can't be narcissistic, misogynistic, and, and you know, hate people. You have to care for this country. You have to lead this country. But he's not doing that. Every, every news briefing or every, you know, the corona briefing that he has, there's like a few little tiny facts now being said, and then it turns into his own little rally. Because he knows he can't go out and have his rallies across the nation and poke, poke fun at at all the different news medias and, and journalists that are trying so hard to get the facts out there. He's, he's turning his briefings now into that. Into the, I mean, it's very unprofessional, for one, because it has no place up there on that. He always has to bring up some little ditty about his ratings being so good. No one's ever done what I've done. Well, hmm. You're right about no one's ever done what you've done there, bud, because no one's ever ruined things the way he has. But like I said, if he was on The Apprentice, whatever. Good show to watch, get your popcorn. But it's a show. It's not reality. The Apprentice isn't reality. It's, 
It's based in fantasy land. Fantasy land of his little whatever the heck he was doing. I, the show is ridiculous and stupid, and I hate that show. But anyway, fine, do it there. That's where you do all the little antics that you're doing now. Not in real time, in reality, where people are dying. Nancy Pelosi said, while the president fiddles around, people are dying. You know, I, that's a, probably one of the most honest statements I've heard. While he fiddles around, plays this little game of politics and blame and all this crap, people are scrambling for their lives and dying with this corona. I lived through H1N1 with Obama and didn't see any of this crap go on. Didn't see, you know, we didn't see the drama trauma. Do you know why? Because he was handling it. Now, <laughs> I have to laugh because Trump comes out and says that Obama wasn't handling it. You know, he doesn't see the difference. He doesn't see the difference. Did Obama make mistakes? I'm sure he did. The thing is, whatever mistakes they were, were, were corrected. Things got fixed. He had then used the situation as a serious learning thing, you know, to get on the stick, get that, get the appropriate people in charge and have teams put together and then keep those teams together, say. And yeah, okay, the stockpile. That's the other thing too. Stockpile was depleted. Um, I do understand that uh, two months, well, when the things broke out in China, apparently the majority of our stockpile that we had was sent to China. So it's like, here's the funny part. He, he wants to blame Obama for the depleted stockpile, but yet I don't remember Obama being in office a few months ago, sending supplies over to China. Obama's been out of office since 2016. See? He needs to stop pushing and blaming everything on Obama. It's all Obama's fault. That's, it's an old, continuing thing you hear coming out of Republican people's mouths. It's Obama's fault. It's Obama's fault. Like 9-11, I cannot believe there are some Republican idiots out there that actually think that 9-11 that was Obama's fault. Where was he? You know, I understand he wasn't in the Oval Office doing his job. Well, you know, when a 9-11 happened, he wasn't president of the U.S. Bush was. <laughs> Let, wrap your mind around that. That's, the, that's what a lot of Republicans think, that 9-11 was Obama's fault. See, his poor handling of things. Except, how could he handle anything in that nature when he wasn't there to handle it because he wasn't in office? Do you see how ridiculous and stupid this group of people can be? We can't, if you care about this country and you are not a supporter of the Trump administration, you would like to see things get better and more equal, not this oligarchy type monarchy type behavior. If you would like to see more of a democracy, I suggest in November, however you can, whether you put your hazmat suit on, get your ass to the polls, please. If he does what he says he's going to do, where he's not going to make it possible for people to vote through the mail, they're going to have to go to the polling office. Put your PPE on. 
get your ass to that office and vote. Because the only way we're going to get to the end of this, the light at the end of the tunnel, is to vote this administration out and, and vote in an administration that truly looks at the United States as a united states, not as well, we're Republicans and you're Democrats. You know, see, that was the other thing, too. During H1N1, I don't really remember ever hearing anyone complaining that Obama treated them badly because they were Republicans. You understand? Unfortunately, here you've got the, the president deciding that if you're a Democrat, you're the last on the list to receive supplies. Yeah. How... how that's just bullshit. Can't do that. And I wish that there were no parties. I really do. I wish the parties were dissolved. I wish there were no such thing as Democrat or Republican. It was just the best candidate for the job. That we just look at you and go, uh, you know, yeah, I don't think so. I like this guy. I think their party system could be what's causing all the problem. This me against you kind of thing. Because I don't see is changing until that gets away. You know, and I I I guess I identify myself with the Democ in the Democratic Party because I do kind of like the idea of people uniting and everybody working together and I like the idea of poor people being cared for. I like the idea of people with disabilities getting their things taken care of. I like the idea of women having rights. I like that because I'm a woman. I like the idea of you know, immigration moving forward in a decent fashion. I like the idea of children not being taken away from their parents and stuck in cages because they're Mexican. I like the idea of feeling safe. And right now, I don't. I have never, from the moment he was put in office, I have not felt safe. From the moment Trump took those oaths to be the president, I have felt terrible and felt terror in my heart probably more times than not. Just watching his behavior, just thinking, oh God, when's, this gonna, when's the bad thing's going to come and get us? And here we are in the midst of it now, and he is proving quite well that he's not capable to do this. He won't listen to the people around him. See, a good leader, if they don't have the skills to master everything a good leader would look to the others that had those skills to pick up the slack and then that good leader would not get in their fucking way see but this guy here is not a good leader because he doesn't know how to relinquish relinquish the reins so to speak to the folks that do have do have that those skills. He he doesn't know how to step back and go, okay, Mr. Fauci, Andy Fauci, oh, Dr. Fauci, it's all yours. You got, you know what you're doing. I trust you. No. Trump thinks he knows more than that man. Wow. Sometime you have a moment, look up Dr. Fauci, F-A-U-C-I. Look him up. Look up his credentials. Look up his educational background, look up his experience level, and then decide for yourself. I'm not going to read it to you. 
you have capability, folks. If you're on this podcast listening, then you can look things up, right? Right. So look him up. And you decide, based on his background and then on Trump's background, who is obviously more capable of understanding what's going on right now. If, I swear, if, <laughs> if y'all choose Trump, you got problems. <laughs> Just saying, because this is not a, this is not, this is economic disaster. But you see, it's just like what I've heard. It is also a health disaster. You have to take care of the health disaster first for the economic disaster to heal. You can't just deal with this by dealing with the economy only and forgetting about the health. You see. If we had universal health care and we had our pandemic team in place before this ever happened, if you hadn't gotten rid of all those people, if you paid attention to the playbooks, if you'd just been less arrogant and more you know, humble and willing to listen to the experts and do what was not, we would not be here today. I believe that we would not be here today. We would be probably in a very good position. It would still be an issue. It'd be probably a lot like H1N1. We would still have an outbreak, but it would not be this terrible thing. You know, uh, Bill Gates said, if we could just, the only way this is going to work to flatten the curve, the spike in cases, that's the curve. If the only way to flatten that is that the whole of the nation, the whole of the nation make a commitment to shut down for eight weeks, maybe even 10 weeks and only necessary, necessary jobs, but everything shut down, restaurants, the whole nine yards, eight weeks, hunker down. The government planned this shutdown. Give everybody the monies they need to survive. Nobody gets their utilities cut off. Nobody gets, um, you know, everybody has food and whatever they need, and they just sit tight for eight to ten weeks. Play some effing Scrabble, whatever it takes, and sit still and wait it out, okay? And quit going out and breaking this curfew, this, you know, quarantine, so to speak. If everybody would do this, we would only have to do it once and it would probably fix itself. And I can see that, okay? Science tells you that, yeah, you quit walking around spreading shit, it's going to quit, right? It's going to go by the wayside. But no, no. The majority of the states have. Guess what affiliation the rest of the last six states, I think it is, that have not shut down yet. They are still out there, restaurants and games and schools and everything going. Guess what affiliation, which party they're with? The Republican Party. They're the only ones that are open for business. They're the only ones out there spreading. See, it's the Republican Party. They don't understand it. What? Why don't they see why aren't these states, why aren't they looking? Why aren't the governors going, oh, we need to shut everything down? I don't understand. Probably because early on in Trump's rallies, he kept referring to this coronavirus as the new Democrat hoax. That's what he called it. That's what he called it. In the beginning. 
people latched onto those words and wouldn't let it go. And to this day, you're still seeing there's people dying like crazy. 100,000 deaths now, almost. No, not 100,000 deaths. Forgive me. 10,000. Jeez. I don't want that. 100,000. 10,000 deaths nearly in the U.S. But they're still saying They're still saying it's a hoax. And what's disturbing is, is if you look at the timeline of how fast this thing grew, it's not a hoax. It grew so quickly. The number of cases and the number of deaths, if, you know, yes, the flu kills how many people per year? A fair amount. But here's the, here's the difference between the flu and this coronavirus. The coronavirus is moving like a speeding bullet like nothing we've ever seen it is moving so fast it is moving way faster and it is far more deadly than the flu far more deadly than the flu and way faster it is infecting at a rate replicating if you will at a rate that that's why the percentages are so high but you can't explain that science and math to someone who just thinks that it's a hoax can't explain it to them. They don't get it. They don't want to hear it. And so you've got a whole load of people out there violating this quarantine thing. Even though their whole state might have had the quarantine put in place, they just still are holding on to the President Trump's words, this is a hoax. Jesus. Help us all, literally. Get on your knees. Don't kiss Donald Trump's ring. Pray, pray to Jesus that you know, that we can weather this horrible storm because it's a horrible storm, people. And it's frustrating. And I'm out here in rural America. I'm a northerner in the south, surrounded by individuals with misinformation coursing through their veins. And they can't help it, you know. You watch them and you hear them speak, and you can just tell just by hearing them speak, first off, their level of education and you just do a little investigation, discover, you know, while well, they were all dropouts, and high school dropouts, some of them barely made it past the seventh grade. Not all of them, I'm not saying that, but there's quite a few. And, and you know, just no understanding, bless their sweethearts, and they just listen. And also, generational, unfortunately, where I live, in, 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 you, in a lot of your southern states, because they were considered slave states, okay, a lot of racism down here, a lot of racism bigotry towards, you know, the the um, LGBTQI community because this is the big Bible belt, which once again, you know, the whole idea of using Jesus to fuel hate and bigotry makes no sense to me because Jesus was so sweet. He was nothing like how they're behaving, see. But, so you see all of this and the, and the majority of those people, you know, they like Trump because he's a bigot. You know, he's openly, he openly fuels this with his bigotist, bigot, bigoted comments. You know, he hates those Mexicans, and he hates this, and he hates it. And it's just, you know, and he's doing his best to remove all the transgendered rights and trans, for the transgender community and um, any way that Obama had fixed things nicely for the people in the LGBTQI community, you know, here comes, here comes Trump just to undo it all. And he's appealing to the supporters that are screaming and hollering all of this, this hate. And you have to understand that, I don't even know if 
Trump himself truly feels this way, or if he's just enjoying the ego trip that he gets from all the stroking of his ego from these people by him giving them what they want in that respect. Do you see what I'm saying? He loves to hear them cheer when he goes to these rallies and spews this hate out there. He's so unbelievable. I can't, I just, and they're a rabid bunch of people, these supporters, to the point that, it, you know, they're the ones that frighten me. It's not the, it's not the illegal Mexican trying to get over here to get to some safety. Uh, it's the supporter of this man that isn't handling things too well. They're the people that kind of frighten me because they don't have all their faculties together. They're not thinking clearly. They're, they just see this hatred, this reason for them to continue to be racist, homophobic, you know. They, they're using this. They're using him as their reason to continue, which is horrible. And it's, it's a generational defect in the South. It's a generational defect that they, a lot of the people that are in this, in their behavior and the words that they say, if you really pay attention and you probe decent questions, when you get them to think, they kind of look like, oh my God, I didn't think of that that way. I didn't, oh, you know, because they weren't thinking for themselves, they were thinking along in that group, the paradigm shift of their little, their little cosmic corner. You know, that little homophobic, xenophobic, racist corner just being, you know, carrying it out of ignorance, just this generational ignorance continuing on. It's sad. We should be past all this. We should be past all this. But, you know, we were getting really past most of it when Obama got put in office and he did two terms and then... When he was done, here comes Mr. Race, racist Pants, right? Boy, these guys were excited. They got to go back to their old ways of thinking. Their ignorant ways of thinking. A boy I know who I like from a prominent Republican family down here. And I mean, I'm not talking upstanding in the sense of rich and this and that. No. The typical unfortunate supporter of Donald Trump, the ignorant lower middle class, lower class, that don't think for themselves, <clears throat> that don't use, don't use their true skills of observation. They just, they just spew whatever Donald Trump says. Anyway, and all the conspiracy theorist nonsense. He argued with me that Michelle Obama was a man. And I just looked at him. I just was like, oh, hon. I've seen pictures of her pregnant. She's had babies. You know, no. Well, those, no, they made that up. That was, that was Photoshop. She was a man. And <laughs> they adopted those girls. And I'm like, no. No, she gave birth to those girls. They, she's a woman. No. No. I mean, I heard it. I saw it on YouTube. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Okay, it's a teabagger site. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, they know the truth. I'm like, oh, you can't talk to them. You can't talk sense to them. They don't want to hear it. They're so sure. 
So it's sad. And it's it's sad because they vote. See, they go to the polls and they vote. This ignorance into office. There's the sad part. Voting the ignorance into office. When the ignorance should never be allowed to run for office in the first place. You know, to me, I mentioned this a while back to some of my other friends. I don't think that anyone should be able to run for president unless you pass a civics exam with a very good score. You damn well better just about ace that before you get to be in office. Before you ever get to run. Okay? Basically, you should have to pass the same exam with flying colors, the citizenship exam, and then you should have to understand the Constitution. You should have to have degrees to back up your experience. In other words, the there should be no one in office that doesn't have some sort of degree having to do with the Constitution of the United States. It's just my opinion on that. Maybe you think I'm an ass, but I think if you're going to run the country and have the most important job in all the world, pretty much, you better have the credentials to back it up. Because look where we are now. We have a celebrity running the country. And we have people dying because he doesn't know what he's doing. And he doesn't want to hear how he doesn't know what he's doing. And he fires those people that try to get him to do what he needs to do. He fires them. It's, this is like a big show of The Apprentice to him. It's frightening. He needs to change his tone. He needs to back down. Or the people around him need to grow some cojones, in my opinion, and invoke that, art, that Amendment 25 that basically says if the president is unfit, you know, they have to have him removed from power so that he doesn't keep killing and hurting people indirectly as it may be. He shouldn't be allowed to run this country after what's been going on here. I mean, God, Lord, he's impeached. Didn't get removed, but he was impeached for doing things that were not right. They say that he didn't do it. He did do it. He did do all those things. I don't really care what the Senate says. He did do all those things. They quitted him. But he did do it. And they even said he did it. But they didn't think it was worthy of removing him from office. You know, that he solicited outside interfer you know, interference to help him out. Well, that's not worthy of removing. Boy, oh boy. What is going on? It's very frightening right now. So, but here's the thing. Let's just forget all about all that and just say, you know, maybe in the future they need to change some rules to where maybe in the future... They make it impossible for people like Donald Trump to run for office. You better have a degree in constitutional something, okay? In the Constitution, you better have an understanding, be it a political science degree, be it, a, be it something. You need to have an understanding. You need to be able to pass an exam on your own. Could I pass the exam? No. That's why I'm, I, I'm not president. I, don't, I wouldn't be able to do this. And I recognize that. I'm not going to do something I can't do. I'm not going to do something I don't know how to do. Whatever went through his brain to make him think he could even do this job, that's the part I don't understand. But unfortunately, he had a whole bunch of people just push and inflate his ego, see? And then he took it and frenzied that group, and it just turned into this rallied mess. He never stops with those rallies. And now, because he can't go into the convention centers and have them, guess what? He's going to use his Corona House 
corona pandemic briefings, part of them is a rally. It's just disgusting to watch. And all you have to do is look at the faces of the people standing behind him. You know, Andy Fauci, God love him, who keeps putting his hand over his eyes and rubbing his forehead in this fashion of, oh, dear God, would you shut up? You can just, you can feel his, his disgust that, that every time that Trump begins to spiral down that path, it, you can just see the facial expressions of these people. They try so hard, you can tell to hold it together. And, and for whatever reason, they seem frightened of him. For whatever reason, they seem scared of this man to where they're letting him do what he's doing. And I don't, what does he have on them that makes them not stand up and say, no, we're not going to do this. And you're, no. You know, even, even the people that around him, like Mitch McConnell and all those guys, why are they allowing this nonsense to continue. They have the power to stop it. They do. But they're not using the power to stop it. I don't understand. What is it they're afraid? What are they afraid of? What are they afraid of? Why won't they? Because truthfully, it comes down to also protecting Donald Trump, too. As he spirals more and more out of control, how good is that for him? Is it really good for him? I mean, as much as I get angry with him. He's still a human being. He's still a father and a husband. He's still, a, he's probably a grandfather. He's still a person. And if we even cared remotely about this person, we should care enough to pull him out of this situation where he's way in over his head and put him in a position where he can be safe now. You know, it's partly, when you see the look in his eyes, you can kind of see that he is over his head. He looks almost, there's moments where he just looks like he doesn't know what to do. And in that respect, you know, someone needs to lend a hand. And basically the whole group, like an intervention, if you will, there and say, hey, you know, this is over now. It's okay. It's over. We're done. Yes, you know, just... Let's move forward and let's get the proper people in place. See, the proper thing to do would be that I think the nation as a whole might actually look up to him if he were to step down. They might say, oh, wow, he, he knew he was in over his head. He stepped down. See, I would have respect then, see, for him if he would do that. But right now, he's just so narcissistic that I don't, I don't know. It just seems like he doesn't can't. And, and I've heard psychologists, psychiatrists talk about his his behavior and saying that they don't know if he's capable of doing that. They don't know if he's capable of stepping down. See. They're not sure if he's capable of seeing that he's making mistakes. They don't know if he's capable of realizing he's in over his head and that he needs help. They don't know if he's capable of that which is scary, okay? You know, you should know your shortcomings. You should know your, your limitations. It's kind of, and that's another thing, too. As a leader, you, you kind of need to know your limitations so that you know when to get help. It's a group effort here. But he doesn't like the group effort. He wants to be the dictator. That's not the attitude you need to have running the, running the show. You need to have someone who's willing to work together very easily and well. 
and, and someone who isn't so big into congratulating themselves repeatedly. That whole, I'm better, and I'm this, and I've done, I'm doing great things, and I'm number one, and, you know, that kind of stuff just grosses me out. I've never, my sweet husband, for one, you know, he used to come home and say, well, I was the hero today, and boy, I was the hero in this situation. I was the hero, and I just said, wow, Donald, and he goes, what? I said, I really don't like that. I don't like to hear about how heroic you are every 10 seconds. You're sounding extremely narcissistic, and I can't stand that. I said this before, I can't have a good relationship with a narcissist. And he just looked at me, it hurt his heart. He said, well, I did a really good job. I said, yeah, but the way you're saying it is that it's just very, you're full of yourself. I don't like people who are full of themselves to the point that they, you know, I said, I love you so much, but you get on this trip of yourself and it's really hard to watch. I guess because I'm watching it on TV in front of my face with this person that calls himself President of the United States, it's hard to watch it there. And then you come home and then you do this. And you're not mean to me or anything, but you're just, you're getting on this ego thing. I don't like ego trips. I can't stand egotistical individuals. And he just kind of went, oh. I said, I'm very proud of your accomplishments. Really am. But don't need to be reminded every second or told every second that you are the hero of, and you did this and everyone's looking up to you and kissing your ass. That's just not... Those are not qualities that I want to share with my daughter. I want my daughter to feel humble. Do the job well. Be humble. Take the compliments, but don't constantly discuss those compliments with everyone. Because then that comes off as vanity. Vanity is really kind of a nasty little thing. And he listened to me for a minute, and then he goes, I guess I understand. I said, yeah, I don't. I said, I've made tons of accomplishments in my life, too. Um, but I, you don't hear me talk about them much, do you? Because I don't like to gloat about my accomplishments. You know? And he was like, well, what, I don't know what you've done. I said, well, I've done some things, but I don't, well, I'm so great, and I'm this, and I'm that. I can't do that. You know, I graduated from nursing school when I was 20 with a degree in nursing. I was an RN at the age of 20, which if you think about when most people get out of high school, right, 18, to get a degree and be a full-fledged nurse by the time you're RN, by the time you're 20, passing the boards and everything, it was quite a feat. But there are people that have done more than that. Shoot, there's people who have gone through medical school by the time they're 20. That's eight years. They started when they were 12. See, I recognize, yes, although I did a great thing, I've known there's people that are greater than me. But I'm proud of my accomplishment, but I'm not going to lord it over the world. Now I'm on the National Registry of NICU Nurses. I've done a lot of really cool things in my past, but I don't need to lord it over. I'm number one. I'm this, I'm that. And I guess I, you know, kind of went off on him, my sweet husband, because I had just heard about how what's-his-face was, I'm number one on Facebook and blah, 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 blah. And then he comes home, and I'm the hero again today. And I'm like, oh, please, if I have to hear any more about heroes, all these, you know, and he goes, what? The? And I goes, you need to quit watching the news. You're right, I do. 
I'm proud of you, sweetheart. I really am. But every single day for the past three or four months, all I'm hearing about is how what a hero you are to everyone around you. You're a hero to me all the time. But I just, I just need a little humility right now. I need some people to be humble in the world. I need this leader out there to be humble. And he goes, I understand. He said, baby, it does sound a little bit egotistical. I said, it kind of does. I said, but you are good. He is good. He is good. He's a good man, my husband. Very smart man. Very, very um, willing to help anybody and, and do anything for anyone. And that's awesome. I love that about him. And he and he will say when he doesn't know something. And he will get the help that's needed, you know. It's just, and for all I know, him doing this thing, come on, the hero again. Maybe he, he teases me a lot about how upset I get about this whole situation with our president being so egotistical. Maybe it's a poke at me. <laughs> We're always teasing each other, and that's how we get around life, you know, teasing. But right now, I'm just, I'm so upset because of, my gosh, you know, Michigan now has 16,000 confirmed cases and 600 deaths. Michigan was one of those states that the president didn't want to help because he thought she was, the governor was a complainer, didn't want to help her. He even told Mike Pence, don't call her, she's a complainer, don't see if she needs anything. Oh my God. See, that's the kind of, that's the kind of sad thing. Oh, Georgia governor just opened up the beaches. Wow. In the midst of a pandemic, Georgia governor opens up the beaches. Jeez. Okay, see, do you see why? He's a Republican. Do you see why this is a mess here? I am just disgusted. Okay, listen. I, This is Corona Ramblings, and I am rambling about the coronavirus, and this is Ruth Wittstein, and we are coming to the end of this podcast. This is number four. And yeah, I ranted about our prez. I just wish he'd get his act together. And I really wish that they, people around him, if he won't get his act together, pull him out of the position. You know, give the man some downtime and, and someone else take over. And, and maybe he just needs help. Maybe he needs to go take a nap or really get some sleep. Apparently he Twitters all night long on Twitter. You do that, it's like, I, I wonder how much sleep he's getting. Can't think clearly when you're not getting rest, right? And by the by, the times that you see where his Twitter feed is, what time he's doing this, I don't think the guy ever sleeps. See? So how can you think clearly when you're not sleeping? Right? Right. So, pray for him because he needs it. Pray for the president because he needs it. I'm praying for him. I'm praying that he gets the help he needs and that we get the help we need. Peace out, people. I will probably do another podcast the next day or so. Goodbye.